What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Ableton Music Producer Podcast. It's your host, Dan Giffen. Before you guys do anything else, I would super, super appreciate it if you would just like or follow or leave a review on wherever you are listening to this podcast. Uh, That would just really help me out, and it would only take maybe like 30 seconds of your time. It would be really much, much appreciated. I would love you forever. Also, today we have an awesome guest I'm really excited for. His name is Sanjay. He's a singer-songwriter, EDM soul producer from Washington, D.C. He has a pretty great following on YouTube and teaches a lot of music production hacks and reviews a lot of the latest music gear. Today we're going to dive in and talk about affordable home studio gear. If you are thinking about purchasing something in a lot of different categories, we're going to cover them all. And yeah, we're going to focus heavily on that today's episode. Also, I've been trying to think about ways that I could better connect with you guys and share things that I'm learning as I go throughout life and just learning new tips and hacks and production things in Ableton Live and third-party plugins. I would love to share the knowledge and things that I'm continuing to learn with you as a group. So I launched a new Connect membership where every Monday we're going to jump on a live Zoom call. If you're a part of the membership, we can do Q&As. I'm going to actually post in the Facebook group a poll asking you what topics as a group you guys would like to go deeper in and learn more about and have you vote on that topic. And if I'm not super familiar with that topic, I'll invite somebody else to join and share what they know in these group sessions every Monday. It's only $10 a month to join and we're doing it once a week i would love to connect with you face to face listen to the music you're creating do q a's and just grow as a group together so if you want to learn more about that go to liveproducersonline.com see the big fat green join button and then choose the connect membership if you use the discount code ableton love all one word lowercase ableton love is the discount code and you can join one month for free because free is great i would love to see you in there and hang out so liveproducersonline.com, join the Connect membership. 10 bucks a month, you probably drink way more in coffee in two days. So once a week, we'll be joining, going deeper, helping you and myself learn and grow our Ableton skills together every week. Also wanted to give a big shout out to the company Melodics, which is sponsoring this episode. I'm a big fan, I've used their stuff. It's really fun to grow your skills and confidence producing on a MIDI keyboard, a pad controller, or electronic drums. It's an app that you can download on your computer. They make practicing really fun, relevant, and effective. They have a huge lesson variety and learning structure that helps put you in charge. Uh, It's practicing that's actually fun. You can look forward to it each day. It's basically just gamifying producing and lets you really learn new skills that actually will stick with you. Um, You can download Melodics at Melodics.com, M-E-L-O-D-I-C-S, and just use the discount code to get 20% off their monthly and annual subscription plan. Uh, The discount code is LPO-20, so that's LPO, like Live Producers Online, dash 20. And that'll save you 20% because saving money is great. And I definitely recommend using it if you want to grow your skills playing piano or or whatever MIDI controller you're using. You can just plug it in and play. It's a good time. Check it out at Melodics.com. And now for today's podcast. Uh, does, it, my cat decides every time that I do an interview or something like that, he just starts meowing nonstop. <laughs> crazy. Otherwise, uh, he's quiet. But he's, he's just, just excited. He's excited about music. He just wants to hear more of your stuff. I guess so. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining, man. It's good to see your face. This is pretty casual, laid back. But I was thinking we could talk a lot about like the gear that you use. And you do a lot of really good reviews. Um, a lot of it's like really affordable equipment. And I know there's a lot of like home studio listeners 
uh, like tuning into this podcast. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully you can drive some more of them to your YouTube channel and other things nice. you have going on. Talk about your other projects and things as well. Uh, let's let's talk about some of your music first and a little bit of your sure. experience getting into music. I know that the most recent song I saw that you released was on Spotify in 2019. Um, yes. Do you have do you have new original music that you're going to be posting? I always have new original music and I don't always finish the songs and post them on Spotify because yeah. my primary audience is on YouTube. So I release about two, I release two videos a week. One of them is just a news report, like the latest that's happening in the music production world. The other one typically is a review or a tutorial of some sort. So I always create new music for those videos. So I record it like every week I'm recording something new, but I rarely finish that full song and actually post it on Spotify because yes. it's just a time thing. Um, I is. have a nine to five job too. So it's just hard to get it all done. Oh, but totally. um, I've got like, I've got this, a few songs that I like, so want to finish and post it on Spotify. I got to get to it this year. Hopefully yeah. I will. Eventually. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. I think most artists who have been producing for years have just a massive hard drive of stuff that they haven't finished that they want to finish eventually. Yeah. And it's just a matter of doing it and all the energy and time it goes into it and you want it to be special. But exactly. it's good like for you as a content curator though, I feel like it's great practice. I mean, as far as just like keeping yes. your chops alive and, and writing all the time. Um, for sure. And actually, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to release that song last year um, is because I wanted to try it like from start to finish, what's that full process? And what can I share with my viewers from that process? So, okay. so doing that entire thing, uh, you know, just spawned all these videos. It, uh, you know, how, to, how I recorded my vocals, how I processed my vocals. Um, it, it, I used a distro kid to upload the song to Spotify yeah. and everywhere. So, so I created a video on that. So I, I know every time I actually do complete a song, I learn so much more and there's always something new to share with people. So I got to get to it. I always tell my viewers that too. Hey, finish your songs, post them and move on to the next. I need to follow my own advice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny because I, I can say the same about myself and teaching Ableton to my students is like, I don't always practice everything that I preach, but it's good that I'm still preaching the right things. So whatever, you're doing good things. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So you do a lot of reviews, speaking of YouTube, gear and plugins and all these other things. I'd like to just kind of fire through different genres, if you will, of affordable plugins or gear or things that you've reviewed. Just so for a lot of listeners here who like have their own home studio set up, we just talk about a couple things and some of your favorite reviews that you've done. And I'll share some of my own personal favorites. And we can just nerd out about all of our favorite musical toys together. And this could just be a nice archive, if you will, for people to listen to later if, they, if they're thinking about buying a keyboard or whatnot. I love it. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Sweet. Let's do it. So... Uh, let's start with microphones. I know you did a review of some of your favorite and best studio microphones. You did a shootout with like more affordable mics around $100 or so, yes. or even a little more. So maybe talk about that if for entry level studio mic, like different purposes. What, what's your opinion? So the video that I did is on uh, budget studio microphones. And uh, during for that video, I did a number of tests. So I tested on vocals and spoken word. And I was really surprised at which mic won for me because I had some of the really popular microphones in there, like the Audio-Technica AT2020, right? Super yeah. affordable, really popular. And I thought, oh yeah, you know, this is going to be one of the obvious winners or maybe it'll just come out on top. 
I was super surprised by the MXL 770. Okay. I had never considered microphones from MXL before. I haven't and either. yeah, and and the reason I got turned on to them was because some of my viewers, I asked my my viewers before I actually did the video, I said, "What microphones do you want me to check out?" And a lot of them said MXL. So, I tried out that one and I was so surprised at how good it sounded for vocals. It was wow. awesome. Okay. Yeah. I have to check that so out. I, yes, that one came out on top for me. But um, I think the, the se- in second place was the AKG P120. Mm. And the more I used that, the more I liked it. And towards the end of all my okay. testing, I was leaning towards that one. But at first, on the first take, wow, that MXL is just so impressive. Awesome. And you, did you just use it to test vocals? Uh, yes. Oh, no, actually, I did um, acoustic guitar as well. Okay. And it's, nice. it sounded great with, with everything. Hey, have you ever looked at those uh, King, no, not the King Bee, they're called, uh, what's the company? Neat. They no. make the King Bee and Worker Bee. They're really weird looking microphones. They're like, they, they kind of make them look like bees. Oh, is that the yellow, yellow one? The yellow bee? and black yeah, one. Yeah. Yes. It looks like a beehive. Yeah. Yes. Um, that one was really nice too. It was a little bit, uh, it, it was, what was it? About 130 bucks. The MXL was one of the cheapest mics there too. So yeah, I know. They're pretty really affordable. Surprising. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, Sorry. man. That's cool. All right. So hey. if we're getting out of the budget, say somebody's piggy bank is a little fatter and yeah. they want to get something a little more high end for a vocal yeah. mic, what would you, what would you pick? Something more high end. You know what I was really surprised at? Um, there's this, I think it's a new company because I hadn't heard of them before, Earthworks. Okay. So they make some really nice microphones. The first one I tested out was an SR314 and it's, it's supposed to be for live performance. But when I recorded with it, I was really impressed because it, it, what it did with my vocals. It was really nice. And then I tested another one of their microphones, which I've got back here right now. It's the, just in case you show this video, here it is. Yeah. It's the SV33, also by okay. Earthworks. And I'm just loving this microphone now. It's, yeah. It's really nice. It's pretty expensive. It's over $2,000, um, but it's But well you get what you it. pay for sometimes, you know? Yeah, That's really you how do. it goes. Um, but you know what I did try though? You know the microphone I'm using right now for this podcast, this um, Rode NT-USB Mini? It's a hundred bucks and I made a video comparing this mic to a $2,000 microphone and after the processing, people said they couldn't tell the difference. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that goes to show like if you have an okay mic and you really know how to mix yes. and you're using you know the right techniques and plugins, whatever... You can get a great sound, man. It yes. really has to do a lot with that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, totally. The uh, I'm actually talking into a pretty cheap Sennheiser 835. Yeah. And it's just like, I feel like I could drop this thing off a cliff and it'd probably be fine. Yeah, it's a competitor to the SM58. Um, oh, okay. So it's it's a pretty decent mic. has a, br- a wow. clear, brighter sound to it. Yeah. So, but How much is that mic? This is about the same price. It's about 100 bucks. Okay. Yeah, you could probably get cheaper. Yeah, let's talk about interfaces because okay. I think that's naturally what a microphone is going to go into, right? Or a mixer. Yep. So maybe we'll just go down that rabbit trail. Uh, I know you shot out some different interfaces. I saw you did one with the Scarlett and Motu, was it? Yes, okay. yes. That was my uh, one of my recent videos. Two of my favorite interfaces for like eight channels or less. They make great stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was super surprised by the Motu M2. First of all, I had the hardest time finding it because they're sold out everywhere. I had to get mine off of eBay. 
That's oh, the really? only place I found it. Yeah. Thanks, um, eBay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's a really nice interface. I think for the price, you get a lot. I I compared it to the Scarlet Two I Two, which yeah. uh, you know similar to you've got two in, two combo inputs and a lot of the other same features. But yeah, the Motu was better with latency. Mm-hmm. It had the nice meters in the front, that color screen, which, I mean, you're yeah. not going to look at that all the time, but it's a nice feature to have. But yeah. then they threw in the MIDI in the back as well. You don't, you don't get, and two, I think two audio outputs too. So mm-hmm. yeah, you get, you get a lot. And it's only like $10 um, more expensive than the Scarlett 2i2. So yeah. I was really impressed with it. Really, really impressed. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Maybe you know what it is, but uh, Motu also has a six-channel input interface that I was looking at, um, and it's it's really nice. And I, their console application is like pretty clean and easy to look at. Yeah. Um, so I yeah, Motu is great stuff. But I have also you tried the SS- Have you ever tried the SSL, the new SSL? Uh, no, got two no, or something like but that. But I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, I'm sure it sounds great. SSL. People are raving about him. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm an Apollo junkie. Personally, I see you've got one right there behind yes. you. That's my baby. I love her. And I use that for uh, live performance with my band Philia too. Just low latency. You can run those plugins so your computer's not crying inside the box. Um, I know Slate Digital, they have like their own interface too. And there's a billion interfaces out there. But from a budget standpoint, I feel like Scarlet's always a great choice. It's very yes. clean. No driver, you don't have choice. to download anything. Did you yeah. try, you know, the newer ones, the, the third generation have the air feature? Did you did you get to try with that? Yeah, yeah, I have a third gen. Yeah. Yeah. That's sounds nice clean. to have. Yeah, it sounds good for some people's vocals. But yeah, I've got my Apollo too. And that's my workhorse. That's my daily use. Yeah, yeah, for good reasons. For good reasons. I'm still rocking yeah. the old school silver one. But... Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. cool. It still works. Still works. <laughs> All right, so we talked about some interfaces. All right, headphones, budget headphones for people, people who want to get into headphones for mixing okay. specifically. For mixing. Okay. Yeah, let's start I'm with mixing. A really budget is, I was really surprised at the Sony MDR7506s. These yeah, were yes, just... Of course, yeah, those are they're classic. They're just the standards. And yes. you know, I picked them up. At, so I got a bunch of these headphones for the video. And of all the headphones, the Sony's, in the packaging and stuff, it just seemed like the cheapest one there. I was like, yeah. this is not going to be that great. Or it's just going to sound too much like consumer headphones. I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. I took them out. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is it. You just need this. If you're on a budget, just buy these. You're going to be fine for a yeah. long, long time. Yeah. They're really, really, yeah. I mean, my favorites are still the, the Biodynamic DT 770s. But Ooh, um, I'm wearing, or I have the 990s like, oh, yeah? next to me right now. And those are my number one for sure. I love the 990s and it just, I feel like you can't beat it. It's like two little pillows just hanging out on your head. Yes. Yes. I love them too. But, but yeah, those Sony's really surprised me. And I was like, wow. So you don't have to spend a lot on stuff and you get good quality stuff at, you know, very low prices. It's a great time to be a producer. Sure. No, this is true. This is true. And it's, it's like one of those things where you could always like buy more and you probably will because it's, you become an addict to like all these toys. <laughs> you just right. keep wanting to get more and more. Right. Not that you always need them, but it's just nice to have. It's um, fun. Yeah, I'm rocking right now the um, the ATH MX50s. Yes, the headphones. Yeah, I love these things. Um, but they're those really are great too. I, I had really... those in my uh, headphone comparison as well. Those were those are mm-hmm. one of my recommended ones too. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a little more noise, uh, not noise canceling, but isolating. 
as far as like being able to like really hear what you're doing at Starbucks. And I know a lot of DJs use them, but I also find I love these for mixing. Yeah. Uh, especially with the sub pack. Um, we have, oh, the, I don't have a sub pack. I need one of those. So bad. Uh, this thing, man, this thing is so fun. I love it. It's uh, the best back massage of your life. It really is. <laughs> do you always have it on? Like when you're making music or mixing and stuff? Um, I do. And I don't, I find that if I'm like producing with it, sometimes it's easy for me to like overcompensate, like with some oh, of my okay. volume control in the low yeah. end. But when I'm mixing or mastering, absolutely. Like absolutely for sure. It's a game changer. And when I'm just like in the studio, you know, and I've got like a couple of white claws in me and I'm like, you know, just enjoying myself, having a little smoke and I'll definitely turn on just to listen to music. Cause it's, yeah. it's like being at a club. It's really fun. It's really oh, nice. Great. Now I'm buying something later today. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. I told you, man, there's always more stuff. Cool. So we talked about some headphones, good stuff. Let's, I also saw that you have some synths in your room. Is yes. that the Prophet 6? Yeah, I've got the Sequential. Prophet 6. Yeah, I got the Prophet 6. And that's, it, it, this is the synth that I went to the music store, right? And I was trying out all these different synths. Yeah. And as soon as I touched that one and heard it, I was just like, this, this is the one for me. Yeah. And I kept going back to it. I, di I didn't even buy it that day, but I kept thinking about it. I couldn't get it off my mind. Yeah. So I, I had to do it. I had to get it. And it's, it's just one of those, uh, I, I, I just, I, I love it. I yeah. absolutely love it. They're not cheap, but they're great. They're really nice. Yeah. My, uh, my go-to synth in my studio is the Moog Sub 37. Oh, and nice. I, I want one of those. Thing. Yeah. I, want, I mean, I want all of them, of course. Yeah, we all <laughs> right. want all of them. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, it's therapy, really. You could just write yeah. it off as that. Some people have but emotional you know, support animals. I have emotional support sense. <laughs> hey, wherever you can, you know, get your emotional support, that's all good. Right. We get them from different places. I've got, you know, which one I have that, that actually surprised me? I, um, the Juno 106. So I got one of oh, these. Yeah. Yeah, I got one of them on eBay and um, I was really pleasantly surprised. And as, as soon as I, so I never actually played it anywhere. So I just went by, you know, what some reviewers had said and what I'd read online. And I said, like, this sounds like something that I would like. So when I got it and I started playing it, I was really surprised. It's, it's so me. I like the pad yeah. sounds that I can create with it. It's so like my type of sound, the type of um, sounds I want to put in my music. I, I really love the Juno 106. Yeah. Do you find that you that becomes more of a go-to for one type of instrument, like for your basses or like lead synths or? I always try to do different things with it. Um, you know what though? I always find myself drawn to very pleasant, very mellow pad sounds. Mm -hmm. And I, I pretty much base all my sound, I start all my songs like that. I choose a good pad, create some chords out of it, you know, really get the emotion of the song going. So. I get drawn to those type of sounds. So whenever I, I, I start one of my synths and stuff, I always start creating those sounds. And then later on, I'll start, you know, create, you know, get a lead sound going or a pluck sound or something like that. But yeah, if it's got a good pad sound to it and because of the chorus on the Junos, the Juno 106, I mean, it just makes any pad just sound amazing. So yeah, yeah. nice. No, that's cool. Yeah, I would say like, have you listened much to Jai Wolf or like Petite Biscuit? Um, no, not much. Okay, because your latest song, Undone, that I mentioned earlier, it kind of yeah. reminds me of their vibe. So you might check them out. You might like them. Oh, okay, I'm going to yeah. check them out. Yeah. Um, it's good stuff. 
What's up, everybody? Just wanted to give you a quick reminder that if you haven't checked out Melodics.com, you definitely should do that. It's a great way to build your skills and confidence on your MIDI keyboard or your pad controller or electronic drum kit. Um, you can learn some music theory, you can learn finger drumming, a lot of different fun tools, and it just gamifies the way that you produce and practice in the studio. So. Check it out, Melodics.com. Also, you can use the promo code LPO-20. That's LPO, Live Producers Online, dash 20, and get 20% off the monthly or annual subscription. There's a link in the show notes. Check that out. And now back to today's episode. All right, so if we're talking about beat production, we're talking about making beats and rhythms, favorite MIDI controller. Like if you could have one MIDI controller to go to. For me, naturally, it's the push too. Because yes. we all just everybody in the Ableton family loves the push too. It's just it's what it is. But it's yeah, for sure. That's I mean, for Ableton control, nothing beats the push too, yes. for sure. Yes. But if I'm just going by drumming, finger drumming, yeah. I really like machine. Okay. And I love the pads on machine. Yeah. And I like just throwing in like you know, choosing any kit and just start experimenting with that. It's like instant gratification. I find the machine okay. is instant gratification where Ableton, you need to kind of load your favorite stuff. Okay. I got to switch some of these samples and get it, th get it the right way. Uh, machine is just like, Hey, let's try a new kit today. Wow. sounds great. Feels good. Feels good drumming on it. Everything yeah. is, is right away. Um, a fun to play and your ideas start flowing right away with machines. So yeah. for finger drumming and creativity, I do like machine. But yeah, for Ableton control, yeah, he can't be the push too. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one reason why I spent a lot of time and I encourage my students to also like build a lot of your own custom drum racks and presets because yes. one thing that's great about Machine is a lot of their presets and built-in sounds are really well done. Like they have yeah. some really amazing stock sounds built into right. it, um, which you could do in Ableton. You just got to got to build it <laughs> you can do yeah, it. yeah yeah and, and that's packs. actually a, that's a great thing to do in your so i actually made a video on what to do when you're uninspired mm -hmm. so you're not just wasting time right you're like sitting in your studio like nothing's coming out right but yeah. don't waste that time and one of the things i told people to do was to create drum drum racks yeah so definitely you know take all those samples find samples that you like that, that go together create those drum racks so that when you are inspired you've got a launching point and I think that's a great idea. So that's excellent advice that you're giving your students. So yes, and you too as well. Uh, all right, so I know you do a lot of videos, like you're killing it on YouTube, uh, making you. some great content. What is your best budget at home camera, say for live streaming or just doing kind of what you do? So I don't, so budget camera, I don't really have something on my list right now because okay. I only use uh, the cameras that I use for filming. So I use those for pretty much everything, except if I'm doing like a Zoom call or something, I've just used my iPhone or my laptop camera. Yeah. But for my filming, I use two cameras. So one is the high end, the high end one, that's a Panasonic GH5. That thing is expensive, but I get the exact same quality for my videos from their cheaper model, the G85, which is, I mean, I can't call it cheap. I think it's around $1,000, but for what you're getting, yeah, it's an excellent camera. So yeah, if there's anybody out there trying to make some YouTube videos and want something really good quality, the Panasonic G85 is fantastic. Nice. Um, 
Yeah, I, I actually chose those two cameras so I could, uh, you know, change the lenses between them, and the the video looks exactly the same between them. So, yeah, it, it's a great camera. If you, if anyone out there is getting into YouTubing, the G eighty five, go go with it. Okay. Yeah, I'm personally running. A, I have like a new GoPro eight, and I just run um, that into an Elgato Cam Link. Um, as a capture video card to my computer. What are you doing as far as that goes? Are you just capturing it on a like SD card and then importing it into your computer? Or are you running it direct into your computer with a video card? So for my for my YouTube videos, yeah, I'm just capturing it on SD card and then I import it into my okay. computer. It's yeah, it's not a direct feed. I do want to improve my live uh, streams. Yeah. So I, I want to get something like the Elgato to, to be able to do that with my DSLR. Yeah. So yeah, because right now I, I just did a live Q&A the other day and I just used the um, my iPhone camera. The quality was fine, but I know I can do a lot better. So I, I got to yeah. try that. Yeah, I got to yeah. try the Elgato stuff. I mean, video capture cards are not cheap, but it's a worthy investment. If you're spending that much on a good camera you want to use it with, it's it's yeah. definitely worth it, right? Yeah. Um, but Man, the black, I'm making black... a shopping list just from talking to you today. Wow. <laughs> I'm apologizing right now in advance <laughs> for that shopping list that you probably didn't need before this call. But um, yeah, I love Mat- uh, Black Magic. They make great video capture cards as well. Yeah. And I just haven't actually owned one, but I know a lot of people who love it who do a lot of live streams really quality stuff. Um, okay, so let's move on. Let's talk about affordable uh, keyboard, like a MIDI keyboard. Um, we okay. talked about like beat production machines, push machine, say like if we had to just talk about keys, because I know you like a lot of keyboards. You've done reviews on this. See, I'm primarily a keyboardist, so um, definitely keyboards. I've done so many reviews on keyboards. Now, if you want something mini, I would say there are several, several nice ones to choose from. Um, the Arturia Mini Lab, Although I feel like Artoria needs to update that thing sometime soon. It's been out for a while. So yes, it has. If, if somebody was asking, would ask me, I would say, hey, just hold off on that if you can and see what they're going to do. Okay. I, don't, I haven't heard anything, but it'll be nice if they do. Yeah. So, because they have such nice keys. I like the they Mini do. Lab keys a lot. I have the Key Lab 61 sitting next to me right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, by Artoria. That, I love the Key Lab series because it's like bang for your buck. Yeah. You get a lot of value from those because for like synth action keys on for those for that size, when you look at Native Instruments or you look at uh, like Novation, um, they've got great products. But Artoria, I mean, they're selling them cheaper right now, and you get a lot of the same features, and it works so well with their Analog Lab stuff. So I think bang for your buck in that size, forty nine sixty one. Artoria key labs are the way to go. Um, now, if I wanted to do some, if you have a little bit extra money, I really did like the um, Native Instruments M32. The keys okay. are mini. So you, at first glance, you, if you're comparing the Mini Lab and the M32 by Native Instruments, you'd be like, oh, that Mini Lab's going to be so much better. But then I was really surprised with the M32 keys. Key feel is really important to me. So yeah, the key feel yeah. was really good. And having those extra keys, because it's 32 keys instead of 25, which is normally what you get, right. actually makes a big difference. Okay. So yeah, that, that's probably like my, my second choice. Um, that's good to know because I'm not a keyboardist, but I, I do a lot of collabs with keyboardists that come to my studio. Yeah. And so like, I'm always thinking about, you know, maybe I should upgrade and get like a nicer keyboard that's more natural kind of for them. So, and yeah. I know you're a keyboardist, so this is, I'm like soaking this in right now. 
Yeah, it's it's super important. If it feels a little bit more natural, if you're, I mean, it, it makes a difference when you're just trying to sit there and, and, and bang something out and try to get inspired by, from what you're, what you're putting on the keyboard. You know who really needs to improve their key beds? Novation. Novation yes. has Amen, the, brother. Amen. the launch key. I've been saying that. The launch key. They just released the launch key Mark III <sighs> too. And it's such a great keyboard. It's so good for Ableton. But if they just... It's I mean, buggy. It's yeah. really buggy, man. It is. I had... Um, what was it? It was one of their smaller versions of Novation. Yeah. Um, you probably... You reviewed it. I saw a picture of it in one of your tutorials. But yeah, it, it's just... It doesn't always sync up. Like the, You have to really get into the brain and change that thing for it to be compatible with any kind of Ableton mapping. Yeah. And you know what? I, I think because they, they do so well with Ableton or they try, they try to do so well with Ableton, if they were to just get that key bed better, they would have a, you know, a killer keyboard, yeah. especially in the, in, the, in the mini market, because everybody tries to do something for Ableton. Like you can, you can get by with the Native Instruments M32, the mini lab, you know, you can get by with it, but Novation really tries to do the best for Ableton users. So yeah, just, yeah, man, if they would just put a better key bet on that, I think <laughs> they would have a winner. Everybody right now go to innovation.com or whatever and just like <laughs> send a little message of what we just said. And maybe we can all together start a movement and we'll make the change. Make the change. It starts with you. That's right. It really does. Making Novation great again. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't say that. We'll edit that out. But cool, man. Uh, any other MIDI keyboards? If somebody was wanting like a nice, we talked about like some of the smaller. Uh, Novation. I know Akai. I like Akai's smaller MIDI keyboards. I think they make some really good ones too. The MPK Mini. I'm yeah. a big big fan of that. I take that and throw it in my book bag on the road and travel. And I love. Did that you try thing. the latest one? They just released the Mark III. Did you get that? No, I have the two actually. So I was kind of disappointed with the Mark III. Really? It's pretty much, and and for this reason, I just wish they did more. Because they added a little screen to it. They, the knobs are better. The key feel is slightly better. Okay. But with that screen, I'm thinking, okay, wow, this is going to do something really special now. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make things a lot better or, or it's going to add some features that we always wanted. But it didn't do much. The hmm. screen didn't add much at all. You see the MIDI CCs on there and that's about it. And uh, now they have modes for um, Ableton, GarageBand and all this stuff, but it didn't do anything special. Really? So it's pretty much, I would say it's, it's pretty much the same keyboard as the last one with minor, minor improvements to the feel mm. and the interface a little bit. But as far as adding more features, yeah. I don't think they did it. And I think there's potential if they actually take the time to improve the screen or something like that. Okay. But yeah, so if you've got the Mark II, stick with the Mark II. Interesting. No, yeah. that's great advice. That's great advice. I love my Mark II. I'm a big fan of it. Um, use it all the time, like I said, and this Archeria Key Lab is making me happy too. Yeah, uh, those are great, great, great keyboards for sure. If you could only own one large keyboard, MIDI keyboard, what would it be? Anything? Um, I have to say the S88 by Native Instruments. That's the one that's behind me right now. Okay. So that's my main keyboard. Yeah. And um, and I'll tell you why. Um, I I don't recommend it to everyone. Why it's so why it helps me so much is that it helps my workflow. So things are much faster when I'm working with that and complete control because the integration with the native instrument software is near perfect. Yeah. So finding presets, modifying presets um, is just super easy with the S series 
Native Instruments keyboards. So for me, speed is really important because I'm creating new pieces of music and I have to put them out by Saturday mm-hmm. or Sunday. So I need to move fast. And this really helps with that. Now, it doesn't have drum pads on it. It, doesn't, it only has, you know, eight encoders. And so you can get more, like with the key labs, right? With the Arturi key labs, you get yeah. faders and stuff. You don't have that with this. So it's, yeah. it's a little limited. So I don't recommend it to everyone, but yeah. it really works with my workflow really well. Yeah, I find that those keys feel really nice. I've played on that before. I have some friends who have it. Yeah. And um, some of them actually purchased it because it helps them with some of their music theory because you have all the keys that can light up and can tell you which notes to play if you want to lock yes. it in a specific key. So I feel like that's a cool feature that a lot of MIDI keyboards don't already have too. Yeah, yeah. And the keys feel really good. So I prefer Hammer Action weighted, fully weighted keys. Mm-hmm. So the S88 has that. So it feels much better for me as a, you know, since I was, I've was i been a pianist for a long time. Yeah. Um, the Arteria also, also has the Keylab 88, which has really nice keys as well. So that's another really great keyboard. Cool. Yeah, yeah. we could probably talk about keyboards all day. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have an opinion about every keyboard out there. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, maybe the next time we can talk just about that. Yeah, dedicated keyboard podcast. Yes, for sure. All right, so real quick, studio monitors. Like, what are your go-tos? What do you like? What have you heard? Okay, so I'm, I currently use the Barefoot Footprint 01s, okay. which are killer studio monitors. They're awesome. Uh, they also have this cool little feature. They've got this uh, dial that you can, set, you can choose different settings, so you can make it sound like, uh, you know, sort of flat for, for mixing. You can make it sound like a hi-fi stereo and boost the bass a little bit. Nice. Uh, you can also make it sound like the NS10s. Oh, so very it nice. Has, yeah, it has a setting for that, or it has a cube setting setting too. So if you want it to sound like cube, cube speakers, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a nice feature to have. Uh, the speakers overall are excellent, but I will tell you this: they're super expensive, and I I miss my original studio monitors, the PreSonus Eris 4.5s. They're oh, really? 200 bucks for the pair. <laughs> yeah. But they're just, they're, they're great. They were, they were so much fun to mix on. Um, I really liked the mixes I made on them. Um, they just, they really didn't disappoint me anywhere, but I did pair them with a subwoofer, which helped out a lot to, you know, for the, for the really low end Some stuff. The low end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just, just those two for 200 bucks. I was super happy with them for a long time. Yeah. I still own them, but um, yeah. These, these are nicer and yeah, you're getting what you pay for with these. But uh, I was so used to those and I kind of miss them now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's how it goes. I've, I have the uh, Focal um, 65, CMS 65s. Oh, and nice. I love nice. these things. Yeah, they're great. I mean, they're not the cheapest by far, but uh, Focal makes just phenomenal monitors. They make a smaller version. I think it's the 50s um, that are a little more affordable still sound really good i also you know the yamaha yamaha makes the the ns series they make obviously some of the most popular studio monitors yeah um, good stuff there's also um let's genelex if you're looking for another high-end genelex monitor. good i love um, adam, genelex adam makes a uh, yep you know i'm Definitely. actually working on um I haven't started working on it because I'm still trying to get the studio monitors in. Um, a lot of shipping has been delayed, I think, because of COVID and stuff. But I'm trying yeah. to do a video comparing, not ultra budget, but they're the at the five inch range. Okay. I'm I'm trying to compare a bunch of studio monitors. So the Yamaha HS5s, the I'm choosing some from KRK and okay. uh, PreSonus, of course, and 
what else did I include in there? Yeah, the Yamaha HS5 Adam. is what I was thinking earlier. The HS5s, yeah. yeah, those are top quality. Yeah, they're just like industry standards now, for, especially for bedroom producers. Absolutely. Yeah, the uh, Rocket KRK 5 Series as well. Yeah. Um, it's a good budget entry-level monitor for people too, and they still sound good. And I find that they're a little heavy on the low end for my taste. Um, That's what and, I've heard. And I love bass, but if you don't have, I feel like, the proper acoustics for your room, none of these studio monitors matter anyway. <laughs> but especially with those rockets. Yeah. Yes. So you know what? I always get comments on my uh, videos from people who are looking at my monitors and where they're placed. They're not placed in the in the best position. I totally know <laughs> no, this. No. Um, I don't care right now because I need to have my other gear within yeah. reach. This is like this kind of temporary setup because I'm actually moving some uh, sometime soon and I'm going to redo my studio um, and place them very differently. But uh, And I don't have any acoustic treatment on my walls right now because of that move coming up. Yeah. But it's something I need to do and it, it would help immensely, I know. And I, I can't wait for that day because I know that it's going to be so much easier to mix. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, nowadays I'm, I'm mixing stuff and then I go to my car or take it to another set of speakers. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this oh, dude, right. we've all done it. Yeah, <laughs> that sad, tragic car referencing moment. <laughs> we've all been there. It happens to the best of us and the worst yeah. of us. Yeah, I um, well, all you need is those Sony MDRs and you can grab a sub pack, man, and you know, you'll be on your way. Yeah, I know, but nice. I feel so bad. I've got these barefoots right here. Yeah, I'm like, nice. I'm not getting they're the, nice. I'm not getting what I should out of these that I know it's just, it's so bad, yeah. but I, yeah. I can't wait for the move so that I can actually set them up right. <laughs> yeah, if you set them up right, they'll give you a lot of love. Yeah. All right. So let's dive into the computer uh, while we okay. still have some time. And let's talk about, say, plugins and sample packs. Congratulations, by the way. You recently, not too long ago, released a virtual instrument of the Rhodes that you recorded yes. and sampled. Uh, maybe like briefly just talk about that, like that process experience. It's kind of cool. Yeah, so I wanted to do it again because I think it's a learning process for me and something I could share with my audience. So I wanted to do it start to finish. How how can I make a sampled virtual instrument? So um, it wasn't that hard. Uh, the only thing I had to deal with, it's a 1975 Fender Rhodes keyboard. So Classic. it's got, it's it's amazing. It sounds awesome. But as soon as I started recording every key, so every key was recorded at uh, yeah. two velocities and I started hearing this buzzing that I never heard before. And I had to, I had to really work to kind of get rid of that. I used um, Isotopes RX, which is really great for getting rid of noise in, in audio samples. Yeah, yeah. So I used that a lot. It really helped. But yeah, the process wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I, I thought it was going to be a really time-consuming thing. It was because it was my first time doing it. Mm -hmm. So I would... You know, there would be little obstacles like, you know, that the noise, the buzzing coming out of it. And I'm like, oh, I got to go and re-record every key. So, but that was part of the learning process. But once I'd learned it, I'm like, this is not too bad. So basically, I just, you know, hooked this up to my audio interface and recorded each key at uh, different velocities um, and then created a contact sample instrument out of it. Using contact, it's super easy. Contact has a really nice interface. But then yeah. I found this really cool program program called um, Translator, which actually takes a sample instrument. So if you have it in one format, suppose you have it in contact, you can actually use this to automatically uh, reformat it for different samplers. So using that program, I was able to create a Logic sampler version for EXS or Logic or the new Logic sampler. 
then an Ableton sampler version, and then also one oh, that's wow. uh, SFZ format, which is with that you can use any, you know, any free sampler out there that uses the SFZ format, like Sforzando. So yeah. that really sped up the process. So I'm actually going to really create a cool. video about this for the. That would the be process. interesting. Yeah, yeah, I would love to see that video. Yeah, it's, for sure. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun to do it, and the reason I really wanted to create this instrument is because everyone, you know, I get other musicians who come to my studio, and I'm like, hey, check out this new Rhodes VST that I just downloaded, yeah. and they're like, it's not like your original Rhodes. It's nothing like that. Yeah, nothing beats that original, and yeah. so. And I agree with them. So I really wanted to create something that felt right to me because I've played my Rhodes for so long. And then I play other, you know, Rhodes VSDs and the feel is just not quite right. Yeah. So I tried to get that as close as possible to my original. So that's why I actually created, I, I chose to create the Rhodes um, instrument uh, to start with. But I want to create more too in the future. Yeah, no, you definitely should. I, um, I, create, I used CliffX Pro to create an Ableton template about a year and a half ago that you just hit one button and you just run in an external instrument um, with MIDI and then into a new audio track and you can just hit one button and it'll actually sample every note for you oh, nice. out of, um, as long as you have like a, a MIDI out, you know, of any analog PC gear you have, you could just basically hit a button and go grab some coffee, come back, you know, 25 wow. minutes later, it'll sample the whole thing for you. Hey, maybe I should try that for my next instrument. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to you or I'll send you the video after that, but... Yeah, good stuff, man. I'll have to definitely check out the Rhodes instrument. I haven't had a chance to download it yet, but I, I will. Um, and that's on your site, uh, sanjayc.com, right? Exactly, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, and we'll put links in the show notes for anybody listening. Thank but, you. Um, yes, on that tangent, I know you create other sample packs and things. What are your favorite plugins? Let's just hit all the categories real quick and say favorite plugin for just mixing or mastering. Okay, you know what I did in preparation for this? I actually screenshotted my... Ableton favorites. Yes. That's so great news. Okay. So let me, I'm, I'm looking at the screenshot I took of my, and so I have an instruments favorites folder. Okay. And in there, I'll tell you my go-tos complete control by native instruments, just because through complete control, I have access to so many other instruments. I have, I've, I can get to all the Artoria stuff. Yes. I can now I can even get to the Nexus presets and stuff. So complete control for sure. Um, Omnisphere, Pigments by Artoria. That's such a fantastic synth plugin. I it love is. that. It is. Uh, Diva is one of my favorites. I can always load up Diva and start getting inspired. I like instruments I could load up, find a preset, tweak it a little bit, and, and really quickly get that inspiration going. Mm -hmm. So uh, Serum, of course, but I, I do need to learn more and get faster with it. Okay, but so we're talking I, I like do. instruments now, just instruments. instruments. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. These okay, are all cool. just instruments. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes, Serum, obviously. Yes, Serum's fantastic. So many good patches in there. If you want dirty bass, like say no more. <laughs> but yes, yeah, it's, that's a quality, and and for the price, I think you're getting something that you use for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. I, I think, yeah. Omnisphere too. You know what? Omnisphere took me a long time to yes. actually purchase Omnisphere because I'm like, there's no way this thing is going to be worth this price. It's so expensive. It yeah. is. But when I got it, I'm like, yeah, this thing yeah, is I mean, really it's pretty nice. great. There's a reason. <laughs> they know they have a great like, sound library and so yeah. they charge for it. Yeah. 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 All right, you want to go to effects? Um, yeah, Omnisphere is great. Also, have you played with Arcade? Right. Sometimes it feels like cheating. Oh, you know, 
I don't know. I don't know. I had trouble with Arcade. Really? It just didn't, it didn't feel right to me. Now, I tried it really early on, and maybe, you know, maybe things have gotten a little bit better. But yeah. just with the interface, I had, a, I had a hard time being inspired by it. Yes. I would start it up. I would get some nice things that sounded pretty good. But I'm like, I, I don't, I'm not sure what to do to get this workflow to work with what I'm used to, how I'm used to working. Yeah. I had a trouble there. And so I kind of quit my uh, subscription to it. Okay. Yeah. They love that subscription, don't they? Just keep taking <laughs> your money. But I will say that Arcade is a, is a go-to for me when I feel like I hit a creative block. And yeah. maybe I'm like producing something. It's just nice to be able to have a big library of just sampled sounds and loops, little four bar hooks. You just hit one key on the keyboard and it just launches that sample loop for you. And I just find you can lock it into key and just play it out into a little MIDI clip. For yeah. me, it's, it's just like, a, it feels like cheating sometimes because it's so easy. Yeah. So I don't heavily rely on it to produce everything, but it is, I feel like a good little kind of hack just to jump in and produce something when you're needing some creative inspiration. I but. need to give it another shot because it's, a lot of people have been commenting too that, oh, hey, I just use Arcade and it's great. Yeah. No, I mean, I think they did up, I think they upgraded it like probably since the last time you played with it as far okay. as more sounds, more libraries, and even some of the interface changed a little bit too in the way it had the layout because I played with it when it first came out and I wasn't the biggest fan. So, all right, one more thing to my shopping list. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just keep adding away, man. <laughs> Just never ending. Yeah, let's talk some mixing mastering. You mentioned some instruments, talked about serum, contact, these other things. Um, so mixing mastering, if you just had to talk mixing plugins. You mentioned RX by Isotope, and we had John yeah. Bailey, the the CF um CTO. He was the CTO of Isotope and he was on the podcast and oh, nice. big big fan of their products. They make good stuff. Yeah, they make quality stuff, definitely, for sure. I, I love uh, Isotope stuff. I use it so much. I use Ozone for mastering on yes. everything I do. Yeah. Now, again, I'm going to go back to the speed thing for me. It, speed is super important. So I can't. So if I'm releasing a beat in a video that I'm doing on Sunday, I don't have tons of time to spend on that. And that's what I really like about Ozone is because they've got that master assistant thing, which yeah. gets things pretty much where good enough. It's pretty where good. they should be. And, yeah. and I'm happy with it. I don't mm. have to mess with it too much, right? I like that, but I always also put Gulfos on my master. What is it? Gulfos. Okay. Finally, I put something on your shopping list. Go yeah, you did. Today. No, I've got some shopping to do now. This is good. <laughs> you need Gulfos. I was, uh, so I, I, the first time I tested it out, I was like, what is this thing doing? I don't understand what I'm supposed to do with it. There's got these controls with weird names on them. Like, um, how do you spell this? Uh, G-U-L-L-F-O-S-S. -S, okay. One word. I'm going to do some research. Yeah. Um, it was, at first I was like, I don't hear this is doing anything. What am I supposed to do with this control? And what, what's this one do? It was all so cryptic. But um, once I got it and once I just, I watched one of their videos, they're like, just, you know, take this up just to 20% and the other one 20%. And I was like, wow, it's making a huge difference. It's bringing the clarity out. And okay. I just throw it on the master Mess with the, I, I forgot what those two controls so, are called. So it has so like, weird. does it have, like, have a chain so you can add and take away like the compressor no. or the EQ? Or? No, none of that. It's just one thing. It pretty much looks like an EQ and you've got okay. four controls on it. Oh, wow. And 
man, I wish I had a screenshot of that because I can never, I, I even mentioned in my video about it. I was like, I wish they would call these something different because it just doesn't make sense. Okay. It's called like, I don't know. One of them calls like, call, it's called like compensator. It's not, I know it's not compensated, but it's something weird like that. Like, why yeah. did you name a control that? It's like but, sausage fattener. It's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but once you understand what it's, what it's doing, then those controls kind of make sense, but it's simple to use because you don't have that much to tweak. Okay. And if you just adjust two things, it brings out the clarity. Okay. Things just sound that I always say it just sounds that 10% better. Cool. Just that little bit, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's worth the price and it's worth me putting on every single thing I create because wow. it just makes everything slightly better. Well, I'm going shopping now. So thanks for that. <laughs> that's good news. Um, that's how I feel about, and this is on a smaller scale. Maybe it's that extra like four or 5%, but yeah. on my mastering chain, I like to put the Oxford um, exciter on, oh, or yeah. I'm sorry, the I've inflator. The inflator, Oxford yes. inflator. I've tried yes. the inflator before. I like it too. Yeah, it just adds a little bit of an extra brightness and like warmth and fatness to the mix, just a tiny bit. Yes. And it's, it's nice. I love that. That's thing. a gr- that's a great recommendation. I I tried it. I didn't actually purchase it in the end, but I always think about going back to it. Every time I see it on sale, I'm like, hey, I, I think I need that. I, I yeah. liked what it was doing. Yeah. That's a great recommendation. Yeah. yeah. Sonics makes some really ugly plugins, but they sound <laughs> amazing. Like, let's just put it that way. That's true. All right. So let's talk special effects. If we're just going to talk special effects plugins, like what are some of your favorite? Yes. So effects. All right. I took, I took a screenshot of my effects favorites from my a from Ableton. So from effects, oh, I got to say, and I don't think enough people try this. And I was for, at first when somebody told me about it, I was like, Hmm, I don't know. I've never heard of them. Sound toys. Yes. Now, once I got Sound Toys, I was like, wow, there is no going back. I love this Amen, stuff. Amen, brother. I love Sound Toys. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. And pretty much any one of their, they're all quality. All their plugins are mm-hmm. really quality plugins. I name use, a, can you name a few? Yes. Echo Boy Jr. is my yes. go-to and um, Microshift for just widening anything. Yes. Yes. I mean, I've, I've, tr- I've, t- I have tons of other stereo widening things. I've even made one in Ableton out of the delay and it, yeah. it's okay. But yeah. Microshift just instantly, I'm like, it's amazing. yeah, this is perfect. I don't need to touch anything. Yeah. It's Sounds instant right. bliss. It really yes. is. And it does, you don't even need a lot of it. Just a little bit, just for that little chorus effect. It's beautiful. Exactly. I use that on my vocals a lot. So my mm-hmm. lead vocals are sitting in the middle. Any backup, backup vocals that I do, I, just throw a microshift on it, separates them nicely, makes everything mm-hmm. sound full. Just, yeah. oh, it's near perfect. Yeah. You know which reverb I really like recently? ROM by Native Instruments. Ooh. I'm a Valhalla kind of dude, but I'm looking I, for new reverbs. Love Valhalla, vintage verb, definitely yes. my, I would say that is my go-to yeah. for reverbs. Simple, light, uh-huh. sounds great. Yep. The right controls right up front. Yep. I love it. Yeah, absolutely yeah. love it. But what was that one you just mentioned? Rom. R A U M. All right. R A U M. I'm going to add another tab in my browser. Um, yeah, no, this is great, man. Also, have to give a shout out to Convolution Reverb and uh, Max for Live device by, in, in Ableton. Uh-huh. So, Convolution Reverb is one of my favorite go tos. If you have nine or 10 suite, it's already in there with your Max for Live essentials pack. So check it out. I gotta, Convolution. Try, I gotta try that. I haven't tried that. And you can create your own reverbs and import them into there as well. So just get your phone and just record 
a balloon popping in a cave or a tunnel or something and you'll have that oh, tunnel nice. sound forever. Yeah. It's a really fun plugin, the convolution reverb. It's great. You know which you know which plugin uh, surprised me recently? Uh thermal by output. It's their oh, okay. new I've seen their, that. It's their newest one. It's uh, they say it's distortion with movement, something like that. They say okay. that's their tagline for it. Yeah, uh, but it's I typically don't get a lot from distortion plugins, probably because I haven't used them enough and I don't mm -hmm. know how to dial it in just right. But as soon as I tried that, I was like, wow, this is really doing something interesting. I like what it's doing with drums. I like what it. I even put it on some vocals, and I was really impressed. It creative distortion. It's, it's, it, it really surprised me and yeah. I'm, I'm loving it now. I kind of, I just experiment with it so much these days. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know Saturn by Fab Filter is kind of that for me. It's a creative distortion, kind of weird thing. Yeah. Um, Sound Toys Decapitator is an amazing distortion oh, plugin. Oh yeah, Decapitator for or sure. Or just Ableton Saturator. If you're trying to be DSP friendly, it sounds good too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. We could talk about these things all day. Uh, <laughs> I know. But I, I want to respect your time. Uh, I would say... Last but not least, if you could just tell people maybe where's like the best place to stay connected with you, if they want to like learn more, follow you, where should they go? So youtube.com slash Sanjay C, S-A-N-J-A-Y and the letter C. And I'm really good about answering comments too. So if you do have a question, leave it in the comments. I try to get to all of them. That's the best place to reach me. Um, if you do want to check out my uh, virtual instrument, uh, go to sanjayc.com. Yes. And the new roads um, yes. or the old roads, we should say. The Sounds great. Roads, yes. Yeah. I'm going to check that out too. So, but anyway, man, thank you for hanging out. It was awesome having you on the podcast. Appreciate your time and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. You too. Cool. If you ever come to Indianapolis for whatever reason, hit me up. I'll be here. Absolutely. Cool. <laughs> All right. Later. Hey, thanks for checking out this episode with Sanjay. Just want to remind you guys about this Connect membership. You can join me on a call face-to-face -face on Zoom once a week, and we will talk about an Ableton Live topic that you choose uh, as a group, and we'll just hang out and grow our brain cells together, learning Ableton Live and a variety of things in music production. Go to liveproducersonline.com and click the join button, join the Connect membership, and use the discount code ABLETONLOVE, all one word lowercase for one free month. We'd love to see you on the other side. Also, if you don't own Ableton Live 10 Suite or even Standard, go to liveproducersonline.com slash buyableton, and I could hook you up with a very special discount. So check that out if you want to purchase Ableton Live, liveproducersonline.com slash buyableton. Thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast. I will see you next time.